0: spoiler alert can you really program those pieces those like moral decision makers or whatever into ai
1: hello everyone and welcome to living a life through books the podcast about everything bookish i'm your host dr shanaz ahmad and today is book club as with book club there will be spoilers This was a spontaneous book club because I just happened to be chatting with Erin and Lori and realized that we had read Ready Player 2 by Ernest Klein, and so I asked if they wanted to do a book club on it, and so here we are. This session was recorded on December 27th of 2020. But before we start, I wanted to say that I know some of you want to support this book club, some of you want to support this podcast. If you like my content and would like to help me out, how about buy me a coffee? Go to www.buymeacoffee.com slash LLTB podcast. I'll add the link in the show notes and I thank you for it. And for those of you who have already bought me coffee, I'm humbled and I thank you. Okay, let's get started. And without further ado, welcome to book club. I'm Shanaaz, and I'm so ready for Ready Player Two.
0: I'm Erin and um, I too am ready to talk about Ready Player Two. I'm Lori and I loved all
2: the 80s movie references in Ready Player Two.
1: Okay, so first thoughts about the book. Lori go first. Well, what, like first thoughts?
2: I liked it a lot. I did not like it as much as Ready Player One but it was definitely a solid read. And like I said, in my little intro, I loved all the pop culture references. I understood more of them in Ready Player Two than I did in Ready Player
0: One. So it was
2: super fun. I loved all the movies. I loved the Prince references. Oh, it was, it was fun.
0: I I understood more of the music references in the pop culture references this time than I did in Ready Player One. So I appreciate that. like there was a lot of, I think like 90s hip hop references that I got, so, and and some of the other like movies and things that were talked about. So I liked that part, but I agree not as good of a storyline for me as Ready Player One.
1: Yeah, I mean, were you guys as like involved in him finding the shards as you were in Ready Player One? Because no? Okay, because I didn't feel it, too, because I felt like I just was like, okay, fine. Find the shards. Don't find the shards. I don't care. What's the story? You know, get going. But then you're right. I I love the references. I got more of the references in this one. Mm -hmm. Maybe it just uh, dates us. (laughs) (laughs) That could be. It could be. Um, Yeah. But but I agree with both of you that it was just a little. It was a little less than the first book. But I will tell you what happened with me with this book. I was listening. And when I first started, like when I first, first, first started, the very first chapter where he finds this thing and, you know, and he's finding this and then he finds uh, whatever, what is that? The neural connector and all of that. I'm like, oh, I couldn't read anymore like I was so like my excitement was over like excitement overloaded I mean overload and I just couldn't read like I was just frozen and I was I went to my husband I said I can't do this I can't do this oh my gosh they found this new game I mean this is this new game thing and it's going to be so much fun and then I and then once my excitement went down I said okay come on calm down read the book and then I started reading skipped done everything. Yeah, I'm like wait, 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 wait. It wasn't what you was know, like.
0: I I thought I too got really excited when they got to that part, and I thought, oh, we're gonna like have this storyline about should he release this technology? Like, there's gonna be this ethical dilemma around releasing this, and then it was like, you skip in the future, right? <laughs> like you didn't even That's... think like two minutes about it
2: that's how I felt too because like right the the, like the prologue and like chapter 000 I was like yes this is gonna be awesome and that's exactly what I thought it was gonna be like this do I release it do I not and then it went to this whole seven shards thing and one I was like seven of them oh my gosh (laughs) seven and then with the whole time thing then they only had 12 hours to find all of them and I was like yeah right like the timing just seemed off for me. Like the ability to find seven of these different things involving all kinds of these different quests in 12 hours. Really? Like I realized they're in the Oasis, but
1: yeah. Like it was, and then it's like it seven, like because there are seven Horcruxes in Harry Potter. Oh, I didn't really get that. But now that you I say that. that too. You okay. know, I, that was my, I was like seven Horcruxes and now you're coming up with seven shards. I mean- you could have picked a different prime number if you wanted to. I mean,
0: <laughs> well, three and seven are numbers, that, like ma- the magical numbers that are brought up
1: recurrently when you're talking about. They're math, also so. prime numbers. Okay. Well, that makes sense to me. Why? It's three, seven, because after that is 11. Mm-hmm. So really 11 is too many. Yeah. And three is too few. I thought three would have been good. What about five? Is five
0: three. a bad number? Would you? I would have been okay with five. I thought oh. seven was a lot, and then I also was like really confused at that point about like well, when they, whenever you find out that this alter ego, um, I can't right. remember his name, that he is basically trying to get them to find the the seven shards and this time limit. Right. Uh huh. Like, did he just make up this entire seven shard game? Like, is that him or was it the original programmer? Now, like being on the other end of the story, I'm pretty sure it was the original programmer, but I feel like in the midst of the story, it was very confusing to know like what that he had made up to manipulate them and what the actual programmer had created to release this other part of the technology.
1: Like, because here's the thing. So you're saying uh what is his name the the man with the with the uh, cloak the
0: mm. anorak
1: thank an- you yeah i, it's an A. I like <laughs> what is this anorak so anorak in this book is the villain right mm-hmm. okay so now if anorak is the villain in this book technically Anorak was always the villain. So you've got to read book one, that Anorak was the villain in book one. It this it, It's not like, oh, Anorak was good there. He was always, he was always bad, good. right? He was always mm-hmm. bad. So I'm looking at this book from that perspective of, if he had programmed all of this in book one, did he actually, think ahead and was like, okay, I am going to whoever is really smart enough or bright enough and can figure out this Easter egg hunt, they are going to get this fortune. And then after they get the fortune, they're going to be smart enough to be able to do the shards thing, because help me understand why is it the seven shards will put her soul back together because but anorak created that right he created it he why didn't he just create why does he need this seven shards quest why couldn't he just have her being somewhere rather than doing this quest so i'm i'm kind of confused that way Mm -hmm. and what did you mean aaron by saying programming like program like it's anorak's thought but then someone else programmed it well, I mean, like, so
0: he was programmed. Anorak was programmed by the original creator. What was his name? Really bad with me. Holiday. Holiday. Yeah. Holiday. Yeah. Holiday.
1: Yes. Programmed Anorak. You're right. And so I felt like
0: that. I was like, so did Holiday make this quest, or was it Anorak who made this whole quest? And I still am like totally lost on that. Or was it? You know, I don't know. I guess that part was very confusing to me uh, throughout the book. I mean, Holiday was the one who basically took Kira's experiences from her brain without her consent. And he was going to, like, create this digital form of her, I guess, for himself to enjoy since his best friend had married her. That's kind of what I got out of this. Right. And so, okay. So then I guess my question is at this point, like, was it Anorak that sent them on this quest who created this entire quest to put her back together? Or was it Holiday that did that so that people would then like, so that, you know, whoever won his original quest mm-hmm. would understand what they had, you know, at the reach of their fingertips.
1: I feel here's my thing. Okay. Okay holiday is anorak yeah but but he's not <laughs> yeah like they are but holiday but they're not yeah mm-hmm. but no it's did isn't it the assumption that they are putting their neural imprint themselves who they are into this um whatever this uh, field is it's like virtual personality this ai but then ai becomes an ai and then and then it's right well the ai AI has their own
0: experiences
1: the ai has their own experiences but it's like it's like an ai version of me would still be me and would still be okay if i'm given two options right Mm mm-hmm Option A, good, option B, bad, okay? Shanaz would pick a option, okay? Shanaz's AI version would still pick the same option. If I pick good in this world, the AI version of me, be close enough, would still pick me, unless if the AI version of me is picking bad or whatever the flip of what I would pick in this world, then is that even a version of me? Then that's not even, then you're like, that's not even holiday.
0: Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I think that goes to the question of what they're trying to get at in the book is, you know, can you really program those pieces, those like moral decision makers or whatever into AI? Because AI is really like a set of algorithms and so they're like logistics and yes they'd figured a way to like transfer memory and things but um, it's still an algorithm and I think it's really getting into like the very deep parts of psychology where they're trying to make you think about what is it the ego and the id and I don't even remember those other super (laughs) ego yes thank you (laughs) It's been too many years since I uh, took psychology, (laughs) but, um, they're trying to, I think that was part of the point. I mean, those words are never used. Those terms are never used in the book, but I felt like that that's what they were getting at that. And another thing was, um, like the lack of, even though you can transfer these memories that have emotion connected to them, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to program emotion in. So like, okay. Um, Z has this like personal assistant or whatever that has a personality that's in. Okay. And he like makes jokes, but the personality doesn't always get the jokes. And, you know, sometimes the personality tries to do jokes, but they're not like, right. Like they don't land. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought that was an, a subtle reference to like, you have this programmed person um ai but they still like don't have exactly the personality characteristics and the motions the ability to like understand those things fully and so i think that that was like what their way the author's way of showing there's a limitation in the area of like emotion and think about how many times that we make decisions and those decisions are based on our emotions surrounding the circumstances or you know goes back to like what we were talking about the id the ego the superego or whatever and those things can't like be programmed and so because they can't be programmed the ai version of you can't make decisions the way that the you version of you does so that's why they kind of like diverge so the the ai version of you is only you to the extent of which you've uploaded your neural memories and all of that. And then if you diverge and you don't, you know, update your AI, then, you know, they can go on living and having their own relationships, but they're going to be making decisions that are different than what you would have made.
2: Because they'd be you based on the day that you
0: uploaded
2: or, or yeah. what Versus in real life, you're always changing and learning new things. And, um, you know, essentially it's all in your brain chemistry, right? The neurotransmitters and the dopamine and the serotonin that you can't really have in the same way in something artificial, right? Obviously you can have, because that's what medications and stuff are, but not in the same way for something like this.
1: Yeah. But my only only contention is that our brains are... A computer where we ourselves are a supercomputer so it doesn't our-
0: function off the same rules every time right like we learn from our experiences but so i don't why, think
1: ai would why couldn't ai learn from their own experiences is my why can't it be a learning ai if our brain if we okay okay we're human beings yes we have a brain we think in terms of humanness we don't think in terms of that we are machine or ai and stuff like that but if we were just just suspension of disbelief if we were ai we have brains that can potentially learn right yes. and so well, the ai the thing- could also learn because it is a it is a subset kind of a, of our brain
0: yeah but it's going to be limited because like what's one of the things that makes us learn like i um, i don't do things that make me feel pain because I learned that that causes pain or I don't do things that make me feel bad emotionally because it makes me feel bad emotionally, but AI can't feel pain because they talk about that in the book. And they also allude to the fact that they don't have the same emotional outcomes or make, you know, emotions don't play in the same way it does for us. And so even though I do think that AI can, learn in some capacities, like, oh, you know, okay, teach it how to get through this maze or get through this like programming piece or whatever. I don't think that it can learn in the sense that we learn from everyday decisions, like, you know, pain and emotion and that kind of stuff.
1: If that's the case, then why does Anorak even want to be with her? Why Why is this love oh, so great and all of that? I mean, if, if Anorak is not feeling this intense sense of jealousy and this desire for her, then why I'm just, I'm just being devil's advocate here. I mean, I'm just asking you because that's your, your, that's the baseline that, okay, they cannot, they don't experience that feeling. I don't think he experiences those feelings, but I think that he
0: was programmed to feel what holiday felt. And I think to his dying day holiday felt this desire for Kira and he felt jealousy towards his partner who was married to to Kira. And so, you know, and maybe a part of him, I mean, maybe that was part of the memories that he erased from Anorak was like things that he had done to try to, get her or get back at his partner. I mean, who knows? Cause we don't really know, right? Like we don't know what memories totally were erased, just that like some mm-hmm. of his of Holiday's memories were erased that prevented Anarak from being able to be who Holiday was. And maybe some of those memories were like Kira being like I like I reject you or something, you know? Like we don't know, right? Right, I mean, she she really, she really loved her husband. That's clear. From her, you Great. know, when oh yeah,
1: absolutely. her digital form is found. So, Lori, me and erin have been going back and forth. I feel like you're just <laughs> kind of like, sorry, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, I know it's like the tennis match. <laughs> I'm like, but, but, and Aaron's like, no, 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 but, it's like, Lori, go at it, just throw the ball at
2: us, <laughs> like, like, hit us. Lori. I definitely enjoyed the psychology aspect. I'm a psych nerd, so all the stuff that Aaron was mentioning, like. The- super fun for me and I really enjoyed that Artemis throughout the whole thing was the one that was like guys this probably isn't a good idea like the I'm trying to remember what they called it the mind thing mm-hmm. uh, yeah. like this, this, is, this is bad mm-hmm. yeah this neuro connector yeah. thing is probably not a good idea and you probably should see what some of the risks are before <laughs> and lo and behold she was right and that just that just made me happy <laughs> mm-hmm. liked her character in this. And I felt that Z was like a total jerk in the beginning of the book. Like I did not like him at all. Like I loved him so much in the first book. And then in, like right at the beginning of the second book, he was just this big jerk that just wanted all the money from selling all these these units and <sighs> so but he did redeem himself towards the end. So that was good.
0: Did you feel like Artemis was off like her like personality was off during. like I just really didn't feel like it was the Artemis that we had spent so much time with in book one I mean I liked that she really was like hey guys think about this And I do think that was consistent with her character from book one but I just did not feel like some of the things that were said on the quest or some of the things that she did like I was like is somebody I for a while I thought oh um anorak is like pretending to be artemis and she died in her plane when it mm. you know that's mm-hmm. for a while i was like I oh that's thought, how it's gonna
2: happen i thought a lot of the character development and consistency was off just in general
0: mm-hmm.
2: like there wasn't a whole lot of character development and then the new characters too like uh low i don't remember the full name yeah Lo, yeah i i I liked her character off the bat and I wanted to know more about her and then we just never really got more or any of the low five, right? We never got right. to really know them and I wanted to know them and we spent all this time on these seven different quests but never got to know those new characters.
1: But so I, I think, I think didn't, they would
2: have had less quests. I
1: felt I the same way about that. I didn't know what the deal was with the five new characters. Like I was like, okay, what? are these people important? If they're important, let's get to know them. Let's, let's get to know them and let's find out what, you know, what this is all about. And then it just ends up, okay, they're there and then they help. And then there's nothing because somewhere I felt like, okay, maybe they're going to pull something and like, they're going to be the bad or something somewhere that I I felt like, I don't know if you can trust them. Are these people trustable? All of that. And then it just ends up that they're just some good kids that help them out the end i'm like what yeah oh wait 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 wait. what you just have some random low five kids okay just some random low five kids lurking around in this universe okay because there's going to be this quest for the shards hey guys we can help you okay fine and then they help you and then boom there you go that's it there's nothing else i mean what am i missing here
0: I, I felt the same way. I felt like what there was like a chapter, maybe either an entire chapter, or maybe two entire chapters that were dedicated to the introduction of the low five. And then like, you don't hear anything about them for like half the book. And then all of a sudden they're there and then but they're like not there. Cause you never, ever develop anything. You never know anything about them beyond the introduction of like how they got into Circumstance, I guess,
1: yeah, there was all this thing about don't trust him. You know, you found the shard, don't trust him. What's he gonna, you know, yeah, he just says he's gonna give you the money, he's not. And she's like, No, I really do trust him. Okay, fine, trust him, great. He gives the money, great. There's no tension there, there's nothing, nothing went wrong. Okay, okay, fine, move on. She goes on with her friends that's it yeah
0: I I, I mean I'll be perfectly honest that I think about halfway through the book I was like why am I really like reading this like why am I continuing on I'm glad I I finished it don't get me wrong um because I think in the end there were some really interesting things to talk about with AI and it made you think but it was not I just felt like there were missed opportunities and it was not as compelling to stick with the story and the quest as what the first one was.
2: And the pacing I felt was really off, like in the whole section where they were in um, the Lord of the Rings right? and all, all the things they had to do and it's like, but they had 12 hours. And by now they probably only had, I don't know, two or three hours i would have right. liked an update as far as like how much time they had left because they said at the beginning <laughs> oh you know z has 11 hours and some odd minutes and uh you know the other one has 10 hours and stuff. so i was hoping like for like check-ins like oh man we only have seven hours to go and then and then they get to the lord of the Rings section and they do all these things and travel all this distance and
1: in like two minutes i mean am exaggerating yeah <laughs> yeah. Like,
2: yeah how how did they fit all that in there and then phew, they get to the end and they have 10 minutes left. Thank goodness. <laughs> so I, just, I just thought it was, like,
1: was off. I, yeah. I, was off. I, I wanted them to find yeah. the shards. I was like, just tell me the story, okay? Okay, I know there's a shard. They're going to find it. Just tell me. Just let's get this over with. What's the deal? It wasn't that, oh, no, 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 don't tell me. I got it. I want to live this. I want to live this moment. I want to know <laughs> what happened. There was that. Which was in ready player one if someone would have told me anything i'd have just punched them out this one i was just like just tell me just just tell me i'm gonna read it anyway but i just want to know because i wasn't vested i i don't know why but you're right but you're right erin i agree with you that it was worth it at the end the the whole ending with them with i guess their ai's somewhere floating in the universe Mm -hmm. perpetually (laughs) Which is bizarre to think about, but. Well, yeah. it is bizarre to think about, but then there's also the perpetual thing of energy, right? Mm-hmm. They only last if they have energy. So then you get into the issue of where, where is, where are they getting their energy source from? From the sun, from what? It has to be a perpetual energy source to keep them alive. Mm-hmm. Be interesting to know what happens to those AIs. If so, they're, let's say they're out of energy source, right? Mm-hmm. I think they just like suspend. They just suspend. And then once the energy comes back, do they just reboot? I would they, think so. Do they re- reboot back mm-hmm. to the original? Unless the, the like programming is affected. The programming, right. unless it's constantly auto-saving every second of your, of your life, because that's kind of what it is, right? And whatever did not auto-save, you reboot and you're like, you, you go back. And you don't even know you've gone back because none of you know that you ever move forward. Mm -hmm. But, question ready player three who wants to read it? (laughs) Aaron's like, (laughs) (laughs) for the podcaster, if you're listening, Aaron's eyes just went bright big. And her face went no, no. Like <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those. It was this horror films. No.
0: <laughs> okay, and I think I've talked about this with you. Like I do not. I like fantasy, but and I get that fantasy and sci-fi are like two pair, or like two of the same pair, right? Like just a left and a right hand version. But I don't like just science fiction by itself like I have a unless it's dystopian science fiction so for me this is like the first one was great because it was kind of dystopian and the second one is it was harder for me to make it through so I think if there was a third one and it was really in the same just level as number two and it didn't go back as being as great as number one um, I don't think I could make it through I probably won't pick up Ready Player Three until after I've heard some remarkable things I
2: we'll think I'll have I think I would still give it a shot at least because like think of how many trilogies you read that the first one's great and the second it's one true. is meh and then the third one redeems itself so I think I would at least give it a shot and
1: start reading it but do you think yeah. they'll have ARCs for ready player three because I mean ready player do you think two- they're gonna have one what's that do you think they really will have a ready player three well has it been alluded to no 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 I'm oh, just I'm, no, no no oh, okay. no 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 I'm just bringing it up I mean, because the rating on Goodreads for this book is what? Three point, it's low. Three point Not something. A, it's three point something. I'm looking at it right now because it is, it didn't even hit like four. Okay. Oh my gosh. The last time I looked it was 3.7. Now it's 3.56. So I, mean, I would is, say it was
0: pretty on par.
1: Yeah. 3.56 is very on par with this book. So um mm-hmm. Are you guys glad you read the book? Yes, Go. I'm glad. I, I won't read it again, though. Oh, yeah.
2: Agreed. And I thought, well, what if they do a movie on this one? And I was so disappointed with the, how big the differences were between the book and the movie on the first one that I was like, oh, just please don't. <laughs> Like I'm kind of scared to see what they they would do because a lot of the elements that I did like about Ready Player Two, like the movie references were so fun because I loved Pretty in Pink and I loved all those great 80s movies. Uh, But what would they do in the movie? Would they just completely do something different like they did in Ready Player One? I don't know.
1: It depends. I feel as a movie, it has more potential. I know Lori's like, please don't. For me, I'm kind of like, I think it'll have more potential if they do it right. If they do it right, I agree with you. I'm just concerned that they will not do it right. Mm -hmm. Who did the first movie? Was it Spielberg? No. Spielberg, I believe. Oh wow. Okay. I mean, Spielberg did it and it still was eh. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I I mean, I mean, that that's pretty sad. I mean, you're talking Spielberg did the movie and it was eh. So now, who do you want to do this movie? You know, it's like, but no. I
2: think it was only, I think it was only eh, because I'd read the book and I knew the differences. I think if I hadn't read the book, Ready Player One, and seen the movie, I'd be like, oh, cool, that was an awesome movie. But then when you read the book, too, and you see how much more that it has and how completely different it is, it's like, well, no, it's not the same. So I,
0: it just, I agree with that, Lori. Yeah. My husband has not read the book and we watched the movie together and he liked the movie. But for me, the part like the wh- reason why I didn't really enjoy the movie was because, it, like you said, it was so different from the book. Right. Um, I'm you know, I, I guess, although in the second book, I'm, yeah, I agree that there's a potential for it to be better than like the movie to be better than
1: the book. <laughs> they didn't have that Pac-Man scene in, yeah. in the movie, did they? <laughs> in the first, they didn't have the Pac-Man scene. I don't think they did, no. Mm-mm. Yeah, disappointing. I, I remember, yeah, because that was one of my, that was my favorite scene and they didn't have it. Fail, Spielberg, fail, big F, F minus. <laughs> well, fail I wonder F-. how
0: much of that was like licensing issues and stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like, I I don't know if that was part of the issue. Licensing why they for couldn't... Pac-Man? Um, yeah, and like some of the movies and stuff, you know, to like use their images and they're like you have to sometimes you're probably right Aaron. yeah still, I, I don't like, know you can't do it right don't do it at all right yeah uh, <laughs> it's kind of like when you're watching the Harry Potter movies and like the beginning movies were very much closer to the books and right. then like as you go on although I will say I think like movie seven and eight were not terribly off from the books but like there were some in between where I was like oh my god like <laughs> we just lost a whole bunch of stuff um, and I, I get that you have to make something fit into the time frame of a movie. I understand that, but I really didn't feel like there was any excuse for ready player one differences. Like you could have still fit those things in. The only thing I could think when I was sitting there watching was a lot of what was cut out were references, the pop culture references, and maybe there's licensing. Maybe there wasn't, maybe they never intended to do that. I don't know.
1: I just feel like they could get the license. I I don't know. I mean, who's going to say no to Spielberg? No, you can't use our thing. We're not going to give you the license. Well, it could be budgetary. Could be. Could be. The one thing I will tell you about Ready Player Two that I liked more than Ready Player One is that I did it as an audio. And Ready Player One, I did it as a physical book.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: The audio is narrated by Will Wheaton and it is effing awesome. I mean, it just blows it out of the water, which really brings me to the point that me myself doing the audio with Will Wheaton and it still doesn't hit the mark. I mean, I'm comparing this better version you know, you've got Will Wheaton doing this with just me reading and it still doesn't even come close. That's a yeah statement. i'm wishing i listened to
2: the the ready player two instead of physically reading it because i listened to ready player One Oh and that was part of what made it so amazing was will wheaton narrating it and it was just so good and i should have i should have just gotten it on audio for ready player two you I
1: went
0: backwards on Literally, both i went backwards i went backwards What's that, Aaron? i listened to
1: audio on both ah okay See, now we've got, like, Aaron's listened to audio on both, and still Ready Player Two is a little worse. Yeah. For Lori, it's like, the first one was audio, like, awesome, and then she went backwards. <laughs> like, so either way it's like a slippery slope. For me, mm. I went up, but I still couldn't be like, okay, no, this book is, you know, it's just... I'm glad it's over. I mean, it was this whole thing of, oh my gosh, Ready Player Two is out. I'm so excited. I want to read it. Yeah, I want the ARC, no one's getting ARCs. All that big hype. I think a lot of Ready Player Two is the hype. The Mm buildup of it, my emotions from the buildup was more than actually reading the book, so. Like
2: think of those people that read what Ready Player One a long time ago like I read it for the first time a couple of months ago for book club right right those people who have been waiting like years and that's <laughs> that was what they got um, <laughs> right you know what I mean like I've waited years for this and then <laughs> but I mean I still rated it I'm three and a half stars but I rounded up to four for goodreads like I it was still a good book I'm still glad I read it it just wasn't the same magic as the first one mm-hmm. the same wow factor
1: Completely agree. I mean, I gave it four. Although it should have been, I agree with you, Lori. It should have been three or three and a half, you know. But I gave it four.
0: Yeah. So, Erin, what, what was your rating? Mm, I think I gave it a four, but wanted to give it a three and a half. Let me look. Sorry, I don't remember because it's been a couple of books ago. For but me. what do you feel like giving it now? Oh, I mean, I still would give it a three and a half if I could, okay. but you can't on Goodreads. So I would round up because. I'm generous. I'm feeling generous right now.
1: (laughs) Well, if you really Um, gave it 3.4, then you'd have to round down. But if you give it a 3.5, then you can round up. Yeah.
0: So we'll make that argument because I would have given it a 3.5. Okay. So yeah, I was just double checking if my memory was right. And my memory, yes. Um, So I gave it four, but I think I said in my actual review that I would have given it a 3.5.
1: What was your favorite scene in the book?
0: I mean, I loved the Lord of the Rings references, because I've read like all of those books. Those were some of my first fantasy books growing up. So I really appreciated some of those scenes. But I also like I'm not a Prince fan, but I thought it was really creative. The the scenes around like that, like band competition,
1: right?
2: Driving in the Little red Corvette and wearing the raspberry beret. <laughs> that was delightful. <laughs> I love that. I'm I love, not a huge Prince fan, but that's where I enjoyed it.
1: I enjoyed the final battle. I was really excited about that when it was between Anorak and uh, the other, you know, um, his, I guess his um, best friend, not his best friend. Yeah, that was like, that was epic for me. But it wasn't epic. I mean, it was like, it was supposed to be epic was really excited. And then I realized it's like a stalemate, it's a drawer, but it was really the whole scene of how everybody was like, oh my God, we got to watch this. This is the battle of the ages. You know, we we always get into this thing in our, in our lives. It's like, oh, this person is playing this person or this team is playing this. This is the battle of, you know, the battle of all time. And so just that concept of a... Ultimate battle of all time was just great. But then ultimately, it was just like, okay, you both are like, seriously, like, this is like dumb. I mean, it's like what was really exciting and great for me also ended up being dumb for me because I'm just kind of like, okay, yeah, yeah, you guys are just, it's like you're trading punches for punches. It's like, it's a stalemate. Oh well, life goes on. So I'm Shanaz and I'm glad we all had the same reaction to Ready Player 2. I'm Erin,
0: and I really enjoyed talking about the deeper aspects of AI today. I'm
2: Lori, and even though I loved Ready Player One more, I'm still glad I read Ready
1: Player Two. And that's it for this time. Our next book club is our uh, regular monthly session, and the book pick for that is Hamnet by Maggie O'Farrell. That's coming up very soon. In the meanwhile, I hope you got to listen to my bookish conversation with our own Lori a few episodes back, and I'm working on more uh, bookish episodes, so stay tuned. And that's all I have, folks. Before I go, I want to talk a bit about a great audiobook app. Libro.fm lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. Choose from more than 150,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers around the country. With Libro.fm, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name, but you'll be a part of a much different story. One that supports community. Listeners of this podcast can get a two-month audiobook membership for the price of one month. Go to Libro.fm. That's L-I-B-R-O.fm, and enter code LLTB Podcast. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores. I'll add the links in the show notes. If you loved this episode or any of my previous episodes. Please take a moment to write me a review on Apple Podcasts. Please share this podcast with your family and friends and through your social media channels. Join the conversation with me on a new app called Swell. My tag on Swell is at Bookish Podcast. It's an audio app for podcast listeners like yourself. You will find something there that will interest you that you can interact with. And it's a great way to chat with me. Check it out. You can reach me through email. My address is livingalifethroughbooks at gmail.com. My website is shahnazahmed.com. That is S-H-A-H-N-A-Z-A-H-M-E-D.com. The opening and closing music to this and all my previous episodes was composed by my husband, Brad Slavik. I'm Dr. Shanaz Ahmed with Living a Life Through Books signing off. Remember to water the seeds within you. It's time.